Hi, I'm Liz Cully, and welcome back to Cool, Cool, Cool. Each week, I give you a glimpse into what I think is cool and chat with a ton of people that are definitely cool. No topic is off bounds unless, I guess, it's not cool. Welcome to Cool, Cool, Cool. Sex work is one of the oldest professions we know of. Between religion and media misogyny, consensual sex work has been vilified, demoralized, demonized. And I think it's potentially gone so far that it's hard to repair that narrative. I want to quickly make a distinction that I am talking about consensual sex work. I don't want you to put it all together like some folks have. I'm not talking about sex trafficking and slavery. I'm talking about consensual sex work. People who feel comfortable and enjoy using their sexuality as a profession. And many people do. And I applaud them for that. I remember following some local controversy during the pandemic at a very famous strip club called Cheetahs. And, you know, they were open for a little while when some spots were not supposed to be open, and then they were closed, the management changed, and a lot of the dancers, many of them who had been working for a very, very long time and also had like held out during the pandemic, were laid off. I was looking at some of their stories on Instagram and TikTok and heard a couple of interviews on podcasts. And, you know, like a lot of people in the nightlife world in many, many industries during the pandemic, they like could not work. And so they turned to direct to consumer opportunities. You saw many musicians release, you know, paid for DJ sets and music. Um, but you saw a lot of sex work go to OnlyFans. And OnlyFans was really positioned uh, perfectly for the pandemic. It's direct to consumer. It's private. People can do it from the safety of their own home. I've talked to many people about how OnlyFans has really saved them financially, right? You know, even my friend Tasha Rain, aka, well, her name's Rachel, <laughs> aka Tasha Rain, who just recently wrote a book. But, you know, OnlyFans has been incredible for her because she wasn't dependent on a lot of the traditional, you know, pornography studios and and dealing with all of that. She could really take her work into her own hands. OnlyFans has become something that many people know about it. We have Real Housewives on OnlyFans. We have, you know, uh, Drea De Matteo from The Sopranos, who has made headlines in the last couple of weeks saying that she has to be on OnlyFans because she can't work. And, you know, the strikes, but also she refuses to get vaccinated, which many TV and film sets require that um, so they don't continue to spread COVID-19. Um, and all of the subvariants, but whatever. Like, that's how she wants to make her money. And, you know, she's a big consumer focused TV personality. The only thing about OnlyFans is that, you know, anything direct to consumer, you can lose some power. You're dependent on the platform, you're dependent on the security of that platform. People can screenshot stuff. You can get stuff leaked. Um, people can use that to, you know, humiliate you. All the stuff that, you know, comes back to, quote, haunt us. But I learned about a new platform while getting my hair done, which you'll hear all about, um, created by two women who are really taking that sort of 
OnlyFans model of putting the power back into the hands of the content creators, but giving them a ton more autonomy and security around um, how they interact with their fans and followers. I always like it when I'm in the salon and somebody's like actually the most attractive person I've ever seen in my <laughs> life sitting next to me while I look like a drowned rat, but that they end up being amazing. That doesn't always happen at the salon, you know? I am often the drowned rat myself. <laughs> Have you ever seen that meme where it's like me at the salon and you just legitimately look like oh. a Chucky doll that's been like dragged on the freeway? Oh my God, a hundred percent. And just like the shock when you've been laying at the basin for two hours and then you walk over to your chair and you're like, holy fuck, this yeah. is this the current situation. Maybe Aaron fucks with the lighting so that we feel so good when we leave. I don't know. But I, Aaron had like, you were, I think over, maybe your highlights were being dry. I don't know what was going on. You and I were sort of circling each other and Aaron's like, babe, you have to ask Michelle about what she does. I don't really get it. She's like, kind of like, I don't really get what you do, but I know it's cool and you should talk to her. And I was like, okay. And then you described sunroom, which I was just like, fuck mm. yeah. I know. I know. I, lo I loved it. I love it when someone gets it though as well. I mean, most people do get it, but I think, think people can come at it from all different sides of the fence, you know, from different perspectives. Um, well, when you're at like a cocktail party, what, how do you describe it? In a really easy one word, one sentence at a cocktail party, I would describe it as like a chic only fans. Yes. Because I think that's just an easy way for me. Not much else really needs to be said. You get, you get that it's a place where creators come and make money, but maybe it's not as hardcore as OnlyFans. And I, I think that's the easiest way for me to just quickly put it out there. But in saying that, I still don't love that way to describe it because I, I, I don't want to imply that OnlyFans isn't chic. You know, and people can like twist your words a little bit and I don't want to like stigmatize any of the creators on OnlyFans because I, I hate that, but it is an easy way for me to just quickly get someone to understand what it is. But it also might be a risky way to describe it because we also, we have so many differences to OnlyFans and so I wouldn't want someone to think we're too similar. Um, right to that kind of a platform, but it's just, it is such a big conversation what Sunroom is. It's pretty nuanced because the inspiration was definitely OnlyFans. It was like, okay, creators are making a shitload of money on this platform, but we're hearing that their content's being leaked. Um, they're being judged. They don't love maybe how it feels. Can we fix those things? And then on the other side of the fence, we kept hearing from people on social media, I'm being trolled. There's in inconsistent censorship. I'm not being paid for all of this creative time and effort that I'm going into. So we are like a blend of, of Instagram and, and OnlyFans. So sometimes I'll say it's a chic version of OnlyFans. Other times I'll say it's like a paid private version of Instagram run by women. Which I love. I think when, yeah. when I talked, I think one of the things that struck me as, well, many things impressive, but what I kind of stayed with me was this 
And you'll have to describe it because I think I was describing it not correctly for the last year and so <laughs> forth. But your <laughs> sunburst technology where you you have created something almost like a filter that when somebody goes and tries to take a screenshot and a video end of video share of somebody's content yeah. on Sunroom, it almost like looks like a sunburst. Is that right? That's right. It's called sun block. Oh, but I actually duh. fucking love. I fucking love sunburst. But you're right. So when <laughs> don't you make me an ambassador. I'm I'm out here just fucking <laughs> making shit up. But anyway, yes. But but the concept is totally right. Okay. So we invented this technology. We own the patent for it, and basically, it completely blocks uh, screenshots and screen recording because we wanted to solve piracy because we know on Patreon, on OnlyFans, content leaks are just such a huge problem and no one had solved that yet. So we, it took us so fucking long to build. It, it meant that it took us like a year to actually launch the app, which was so painful, but it was really worth it because we want people to come to Sunroom and be vulnerable and open up and talk about the the hardships and share like the breakup story and talk about the worst sex that you ever had and speak about your family, maybe religion, all these things that perhaps feel more like what would what you would write in your diary. And mm-hmm. I think if you're going to put that anywhere on the internet, it needs to have some level of protection. So sunblock, it means that creators can be sure their content can't be leaked. Um, but it also helps them just open up a little bit more so that their members are also gaining more from coming to support them on Sunroom. But it's been like a blessing and a curse. Like it, it is kind of our X factor in the product, but technically it was so hard to build this technology. It's pretty incredible though. I mean, I f- and I feel like from a business perspective, perspective also something that perhaps obviously you want to keep the x factor for sunroom as long as possible but always my brain is like well you could sell that tech and that's Mm. like an interesting you know what i mean um business model as well from you know just diversifying off the platform speaking of business i also loved when you and i first met you were talking about how people were judging you for i think you said like bikini shots or like risky outfits, which by the way, I would just like to say for the record, if I looked like you, I would walk around completely fucking naked at all times. Literally, I would never wear clothes, but just me. Um, You know, I know you're an ex-Bumble employee, which was obviously a very female empowering job. You and I talked. I, I knew Whitney back then and a lot of original employees and and you know really understood the ethos of the company there which was empowering women bumble's obviously a huge a, a, what a place to learn i think about tech and women focused tech for you mm-hmm. but i think you can't always control that right i mean i get a lot of backlash not because i'm flaunting my body on the internet which you know there was a time michelle but that time <laughs> was before instagram um But just that I'm, you know, oh, God, you're an executive at this company, but you have a podcast and you talk about sex and you talk about your life and this and that. And I'm like, well, why can't I do both? And it was interesting. Mm -hmm. I remember you saying like, 
or I think you had somewhat of a viral, was it a Twitter thread where you were like, what the fuck? Like, why can't I wear what I want to wear? And why is that affecting my business? Mm -hmm. Are you using Sunroom now still? And how did that also shape the technology you're experienced by being judged for how you behaved on social media? Yeah, such a good question. I think when I was first deliberating if I would show more of myself like physically on Sunroom. So on Sunroom, the furthest you can take anything is topless. So you can't do full nudity, but you can do topless content. It's almost like free the nipple built into a platform. And we just, we just don't think boobs are a big deal. Um, And I had been thinking, would I do topless content? And I think as, you know, the co-founder of this platform, I, you need to like eat your own dog food. Like you need to live and breathe this product. And if I'm going to be sitting on calls, talking to creators about how they can feel safe, if they do want to express themselves in that way, I felt like I should feel safe as well. Um, So I'd never shared, I'd shared bikini photos on Instagram before. And I had received this DM from a dude, obviously, saying something like, you know, um, you're an exec. This is when I was working at Bumble. It was like something along the lines of you're an exec. Do you think you should be posting content like this? And it really pissed me off because I'm like, huh? Like I'm in a fucking bikini at the beach. Like it's not my problem how this makes you feel. Um, But it really stuck with me. And I ended up using it as like this launch pad Um, because I did decide to post some topless photos on my sunroom. Very light and cheeky. It's literally just me in club bathrooms with my friends flashing my boobs. I'm of the view like these boobs are only going to get worse looking as I get older. So I may as well take as many fucking photos of them (laughs) right now in their current state and see if people pay to see them. So I did it and I, I, I posted a tweet and it said, a guy once told me I shouldn't post bikini photos because I'm a CMO. I took his advice and posted my boobs on Sunroom instead. And it made me so much money um, because it was, it was also like I, I loved telling people, I loved using this moment as a way to tell people I was doing that because I created a bit of a story around it and was like, you know, maybe I had the potential to be like this guy back in the day. Like maybe I would have actually looked at some women and judged them for how they use their body and their beauty. Maybe I would have, yeah, passed judgment and thought, why are they doing that? Should they be doing that? And I think for me, those thoughts were probably coming from a bit of a place of insecurity and potentially internalized misogyny. And it wasn't until I like started working in this space and actually felt how great it felt like guys are going to stare. They're going to stare anyway. They're going to sexualize you anyway. Like you may as well grab the bull by the horns and make some cash from it whilst it's happening if you want to. And I never would have done that if it wasn't for sunblock. Like I don't really, I've thought about it. Like, would I care if topless photos of me were leaked publicly somehow? I absolutely wouldn't because I would definitely use it as a marketing opportunity and as an opportunity to go into how fucked it is that yeah. women women are shamed for how they use their bodies, yet a man can be 
the hottest, funniest, smartest guy sleeping with everyone in the office and they're a fucking champion. But women have to be like one dimensional. And I think it's like sometimes there are those sayings, you know, brains over beauty. I'm like, no, all of it. Like we've all got a brain. We've all got a body. Like beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I think it's about just using, like use what you've got. You don't have to use all of it, but if you want to, you can. Yeah. I love it. And again, I I look at p- photos of me like my wife made a really ridiculous t-shirt of me like all of the eras of my life for my birthday and she had a very fun time going through my model mayhem account which I'm pretty sure I took down though when I got the job at Condé because they do a significant background check. Mm. And it's funny that you say that a, a man was the one that went into your DMs. I actually thought it was going to be a woman. And I'll tell you why. Because I dated this woman who was a couple years older than I was right before I met my wife. And she had Googled me. And she works in the same industry as I do, or I think she did. I think she's changed now. But I'll never forget, it was a New Year's Eve party, I believe. And we're like both drunk. And we're, you know, we're like dating. We're like making out at this house party. And she goes, I Googled you. I was like, okay, like, cool. By the way, I'm 27 or 28 years old. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. She's like, I saw all of those. I saw this picture and she holds up her phone and it's a picture of me and I had done whatever it's called. Um, oh my God. FHM, like hometown oh, yeah. hotties or something. Which by the way, yeah. it's not on the internet anymore. And I'm sad about it because I fucking <laughs> looked the best I will ever fucking look. And I was also a hubba wheels girl of like two. 2004. And it's a picture of me in underwear and I'm holding like a skateboard across my boobs. Again, I had no makeup on. I look back at that picture and I'm like, okay, first of all, I look really young. This is crazy. But I had no makeup on. And to be on the cover, the back cover of Thrasher fucking magazine, basically naked with no makeup on, is such a flex. I'm like, this is the shit. I scrubbed it off from the internet, but I remember how hurt and upset. And she's like, I would never hire you. And I really think this is going to affect your career. What? I know. And I was sleeping with her. Even worse. C- crime, against, women against women. Worst crime of all. Yeah. And I remember just being like, oh, my God. And I felt so terrible about it. And now mm. I'm telling my Pilates instructor, who somehow went viral on Instagram for her Pilates, her body is the sickest. I was like, girl, go on Sunroom. Go on OnlyFans. Mm. Make yo mm. ma knee because you're right i will never look the same i wish i hadn't been so mean to myself about these photo i felt good about it at the time and you were right you only get Mm. older and it's like i don't know i know like who fucking cares my co-founder and i were speaking about this earlier we were talking about like the foundations of sunroom and just when we were doing all of our research early on in the piece there's this book called Erotic Capital and it basically just goes into how like women hold so much more power in society because of their body and beauty, but the patriarchy have really just shut it down to like hold us back because if we were able to just embrace all of it, we're unstoppable and men can't really rival us because like women don't desire men's bodies, generally speaking, in like the same way men desire 
women's bodies and just how, yeah, it's kind of society, society has just kind of set it up to stop us from accessing maybe like, I don't know, financial opportunity, just like empowerment, I think in general. And you're right. Like, I think even with my, I've definitely judged back in the day and it's come from like internalized misogyny, the way that we've been brought up in this society, like the the woman that you're speaking about. And it takes a lot of unlearning, I think, yeah. to to change those per- perceptions if you do still still hold on onto them. And I would challenge anyone, like if anyone's listening to this thinking, maybe thinking judgmental thoughts or like, oh, that's degrading, that's like a bit less than, that's desperate. Like where are those feelings actually coming from? Because I've had them and I kind of realized they weren't original thoughts. They were almost just how I thought I was meant to think about things. Yeah, because like, I mean, beautiful, sexy, powerful women have been around us forever, right? I mean, even in pop culture, you look at how the housewives, we were talking about reality TV before we started recording, like the fucking housewives franchise is being nanas how these women, one, have to put so much money into clothes, makeup, et cetera. But also how I think overall sexualized they've all become. I love it because most of them are 40 and above. And I'm like, fuck yeah, like be hot. Okay, you know, Erica Jane, like do you, you know, Dorit, whatever, Portia, all you ladies, Cynthia, I mean, who I've, you know, and I've met a lot of these women in in person and they're gorgeous. They're stunning, you know, and I mm. think they are kind of while that show isn't, quote, sexy by nature, I think I kind of love how sexy <laughs> all of their characters really have become. But it's not like we're not surrounded by women of all age being sexy and using their power in that way. It's yeah. just I think we all the second it becomes not j- like normal not um widely accepted we start to really put it down in an extreme way which is fucking crazy i think that even reality tv is such an interesting one because like the thing people are fascinated by as well is just watching these women live out their lives and i think the reality tv genre like that's the whole appeal is you get this inside look into someone's drama gossip the bitchiness, the highs, the lows, the glamour. And honestly, that's kind of what I would say Sunroom is is about. Like it's not just like the sensual stuff. That's kind of just one piece of the pie. It, it Honestly, sometimes we describe it as like people are running their own mini reality TV show through the app because it's just so broad. I mean, reality TV is scripted, but like yeah. it's very unscripted. It's very gossipy. It's very juicy. And I was speaking to a creator before this actually who just didn't believe she could actually make money in this way. Like when she heard about Sunroom and heard people were making like five grand, 10 grand, whatever, she thought we were lying and that those numbers just couldn't be real and why would anyone pay for that? But I I just think it's interesting to like watch this exist on Sunroom that it almost is reality TV-esque and that people are actually willing to pay to see inside someone's life. But I think another really big hurdle that we face is because we are set up, we're only for women and non-binary creators to make money. So anyone can download the app and subscribe to someone to support them, but only women and non-binary creators can make money because 
that's the category of creator that, that we believe are like most held back by these stigmas and are most judged for using their their body and their beauty and everything and putting a price on their content. But it's created this massive hurdle because I also think like as women, we sometimes don't think we do deserve to be paid to show up in this way or that like if people will be interested or not or is it wrong of me to put a price on this? Like are people going to shame me for asking for money? So we honestly face like a clusterfuck of challenges. It's really, listen, it's really hard to ask for content to be paid. I can tell you myself that Patreon, I am so grateful for every single person, person that has subscribed to my Patreon, but the agony of figuring out, and I'm telling you, hours of meetings, me spending so much time talking to other creators. How much content are you putting out? And also it's another full-time job. And I have a pretty like fucking intense full-time job. Let's just be real. So Mm. this is a lot, right? But Patreon is great. Obviously they take a fee, but the agony of figuring out how to pay the pay tiers, feeling guilty about it because I haven't made any money on my podcast. Like the the Patreon is great, but like this costs a grip to make. And now I'm feeling a ton of pressure, not only pressure, but I want to get back into the studio. Even with you, you were like, I'll meet you in the studio. I'm like, fuck, I don't have a studio yet. I've been talking to a few, figuring out like who I like, what I can do. But then that's mm-hmm. another incremental cost. Advertisers like traditional ones, it's really peanuts to an elephant. It's almost not, in my opinion, (laughs) worth it. I had advertising on and I hated the experience of listening. So I took it off. And then Mm. you've got like Instagram subscription, but like that's kind of, you know, they take, it is really, really hard to make money from content actually. And it is, you're right. It is so difficult and it's agonizing to ask for it because a lot of times I'm like, well, they can get it free from, you know, caller daddy. But like, I also don't have an $150 million Spotify deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know. but I will tell you, I really want to know how Sunroom has evolved since we last met because I did start a Sunroom. Yeah. But it was just feet. <laughs> and I sort of, I, I didn't make much. And, you know, people yeah. were not that interested in my feet. I mean, they, did I had- Did you promote very, it? I, so this is where you and I talked about this. I remember because I was like, how can I just, I need, because I need to redo this goddamn kitchen. I just had to fire another yeah. interior designer. They're all fucking scams. I just have to like, figure this out myself. But I really could use like, ooh, even to offset this show, two grand a month. Yeah. It would be amazing. No one cared about the yeah. feet. The feet. And you know what mm-hmm. I think the problem is, is that my audience on both Cool 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 and Instagram, which is like well over 20,000, it's primarily women that follow me. Yeah. And is yeah. that my problem? No one cares about my feet. I'm not promoting it. And if I do promote it, it's to women who are likely not as apt to go support other women. It totally. So this is a really good question. I always recommend, firstly, I think you could make two grand a month. Like I have 30,000 followers on Instagram, pretty close to to you. I, I do sell some topless stuff, but I only do that in DMs. 
on my grid, it's like all for the girls. I talk about my weekends. I talk about partying. I talk about health. I talk about travel. I talk about running sunroom. It's almost like an extension of what I post on my Instagram. But here's Um, the thing. I just want to interject really quickly. Your fiance, you and your fiance potentially, like, you know how they used to say, like, oh, this is what the most perfect people are going to look like in 20 years. You two are these little Australian, like, it's beyond, I would pay, not to make you feel uncomfortable, I would pay money to watch you guys have sex. Like, for real. On Uh sunroom. Maybe even just make out. I would watch, maybe just to kiss. I'll just say that. Second of all. Maybe him and I should start an OnlyFans then just for a bit of backup cash. Correct. Porn. The other thing I would say is you're like, you're like flying to Positano for like the weekend. I mean, you do live. I'm in fucking Glendale redoing like an 100 year old house and with my dog who is lovely and beautiful, but like she's sort of <laughs> annoying and like and I'm going to and I literally my Sunday afternoons are Trader Joe's, the farmer's market, and Sprouts. Like, and that is such an exciting thing. But remember, highlight reel, highlight reel, right? Like, I am sitting in a WeWork in Culver fucking city, trying to run a business. I live in a shoebox in Venice, also with a dog who has like separation anxiety. Same, same. (laughs) (laughs) So, I think, sure, sure. I definitely post like my Instagram is so glam and I feel like I couldn't really show up as this scared founder version of myself. I felt like I built this profile where like it was the Bumble girl. Like I was hired early at Bumble, launched Bumble into Australia. It like changed my social media game for sure. Yeah. And it made me feel like I had to be this perfect businesswoman who just like had it down. And then I started my own company, had never felt more uncertain or insecure because like I wasn't even sure if it was going to work. Am I proud of myself anymore? Am I proud of what I'm doing? And I I didn't feel like I could tell that story on Instagram because will creators see it and not want to use Sunroom? Will potential investors see scared Michelle and like not want to give me money? So I started using my sunroom as a place to like share more about how it's really hard. Like I would literally talk about the kinds of money that we were turning over and like the money that creators were making and made it more like, I also speak about like career confessions and stuff that I would never share on Instagram because I I don't want certain people to see. But I guess what I'm saying is to attract and most of my subscribers on sunroom are women. But what I did to, to get them was, I actually lowered my membership price because I just felt like I want to produce business content like for the girls. And I know that so many young women might not be able to spend $10 a month, $15 a month on like one person's content. So I dropped my membership price to $4 a month and completely repositioned my sunroom as like, just buy me a coffee. Subscribe to my my Sunroom account, buy me a coffee a month, and like you get access to all of this content. And since doing that, I have gained so many more members on Sunroom, like the most I've ever had. And I also have basically no churn because it's such a small amount. People don't cancel their subscriptions, but I've got like volume there, which makes me want to keep showing up and like keep, I guess, revealing this side of myself. 
So I do think a good way to like kickstart your sunroom is definitely like position it for the girls. Consider doing something like buy me a coffee a month and just see what happens. But also ask them on Instagram, like I'm thinking about sharing A, B and C. What else would you want to see? Got it. And then like regurgitate it back to them so they know that you've really considered them and that you're actually going to be posting about what they want to see. Like I think it would be interesting to hear about why you fired your interior designers. Oh, my God. You know, like maybe there's goss there and like stuff that you probably couldn't say on Instagram because they would would see perhaps. And I think doing that, I I always say to creators, like you just want to get people in the door and start to get a bit of momentum there because then you will show up in the discovery feed on Sunroom and maybe some random dudes will find you. And then you could have some custom experiences set up that are a higher price. Like this is exactly what I do. I just have some additional services that are more like $100, $300, where you can buy packs of my spicy content. And that's how I make my money. It's like my subscriptions are like my passive baseline. And then all the stuff I have going on in DMs, it's of a much lower volume, but it really adds the dollars. Please tell me that you treated yourself to something fun with direct DM spicy content money. Like, oh did you buy God. a bag? Did you buy like jewelry? Like, I hope you did. Because yes. that's that. Because yes. for me, if a dude is going to give me Skrill for anything, I'm like, cool. I'm going to go get this Dior lady bag, like probably a vintage one that yeah. nobody else can buy. Like, yeah. I mean, I have, am eyeing like a certain necklace. Like, what did you buy? I, this is the shit that I want to know. <laughs> yeah. So how you were saying like you're flying to Positano. So I had this wedding in Europe. I absolutely could not afford to go. It was one of my like richest friends. And I'm like, fuck me. Everyone at this wedding is going to be so glam. I think you know her. She worked at, she worked at Vogue. I think we might have spoken about her. Yeah, we did. I know I exactly. say, no, 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 no. I know who it is. Yeah. And I know the wedding yeah. you went to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I... Um, Which, by I the tried. way, they were richest. Everybody there was wild. Like, it's almost like... It's so funny. Like, people like that... And I just know that crew. A friend of mine just said something so perfect where I was like, oh, my God. This mutual friend of ours. I was like, God, she's in, like, Amalfi again? And Positano. She's like, honey, it's... <laughs> seasonal it's not like vacations it's trips it's like this is where they go in this like then they go to idaho then they go to wherever then they go and i was like oh right fuck me uh anyway yes okay that's such a good way to explain it for some people it's just seasonal yeah 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 so i was like how am i gonna do this it was just a lot i tried so hard on sunroom i made eight grand the month before because i yeah, because I was so motivated. And so I bought myself a cute little, that Ruffia, like Prada bucket hat and a Bottega bag when I was in Rome. Yeah. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Fuck yeah, you did. Yeah. Honestly, I'm telling you, it's so interesting. And by the way, I did share my interior design fiasco with my Patreon because <laughs> that is where I, because I had to, because it was so fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Like it's such a scam. But I, yeah, you're right. It's so interesting. I mean, listen, I think, Privatized content, I think we all have to agree that this is, especially given the strikes that we're in, given how we consume content, like, I love to do this and it's fine. However, Instagram totally fucking shadow bans me all the goddamn Mm. time, all the time for what? For being gay, like literally for being queer. I'm sure of it. 
I, it's such a bummer. So like to be that beholden to an algorithm is really scary for a lot of people. So, and that's why I got so excited when you explained to me what you were building, Mm. because I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. That's like exactly what people should be doing. I just was a little discouraged that my feet pictures weren't (laughs) yielding me thousands of dollars, but I'm open to reinvigorating my sunroom. It's there. I have an account. And yep. seeing if people, you know, want more than, I, I don't know. What what do you yeah. find though? Like you're, who are your top three biggest creators on Sunroom and what is their vibe? Okay. So one of our biggest creators, she has about, she only has about 140,000 followers on Instagram. So it's not like a huge amount. Okay. And she makes tens of thousands a month. and. Yeah. She does have giant boobs. Like I'll just yeah. cut to the chase, but she can't exist on TikTok because she's so curvy. So she's got these natural big boobs and she was doing a lot of lingerie educational videos on TikTok. She got up to 400,000 followers and they banned her account and she just can't set up an account there. And we've actually used her in our content and it is so fucked. Like she's fully clothed just has cleavage and our sunroom account actually also got removed three times. And it was each time we used her, it was like her face is on fucking TikTok's wall. Like this girl can't exist. And so she came over to sunroom and was like, well, I can't post. She describes herself as a um, full of us educator. She was like, I can't do any of this content on TikTok anymore. I'm going to do all of it on sunroom. So she just posts all lingerie hauls. She doesn't do topless. She's always just lingerie hauls. And then um, she does loads of chatting in DMs, mm. but she also answers a lot of juicy questions. So guys definitely do like to, to look at her. They want to know about her relationship, about her sex life. So she will, on Sunroom, you can submit anonymous questions. So she will always get questions like, does size matter? Like, mm. how many sexual partners have you had? Like, what foreplay do you enjoy? More of this, like, juicy questions and she makes tens of thousands there is another creator i love this one um her tiktok name is pottery girl and she is an artist she just blew up on tiktok for spinning wheel like pottery wheel using the clay and people find pottery really sensual and we had no idea like she came on sunroom and made like 12 grand in a month and we were like who is this girl and then she just kept making more and more. And she's also always fully clothed. And these dudes love watching her like slap the clay down and like pull it because it looks like, yeah, it looks it. a bit like a dick. Yeah. I'm like, guys are so, they're so basic. Like, basic. are you serious? Like wow. they just want to watch her pull, pull some clay. And she, she's like, I've made more than I ever have from my pottery on, on sunroom. <laughs> Um, but then there, honestly, there's a whole, there's like, it is kind of varied, but I will say like, we kind of think about sunroom more as like this wheel. And it's like how I was talking about people being multidimensional. Like it's really important to bring all of yourself to sunroom. I'm not saying like, you just have to do sensual and like, you definitely don't have to do, do topless. Like a lot of creators don't at all. And they are our highest earners. Um, but you do have to be like sex positive and a little bit bring like that side of you to sunroom as well as like everything else that you do. 
One last question for, because I, for, I forgot to ask, and maybe I just don't get the tech. When you, like somebody buys a pack or they buy a picture or whatever, and because of sunblock, they can't take a screenshot, are they only allowed to see that content within the app? How does that work? Yes. So oh. you, yeah, so you just like download the app and then you can scroll, you can browse on Sunroom, like it's free to download, free to browse. And yet all the content is just there. You can't screenshot it. You can't save it. Even if someone sent you like a personalized video in chat, it would just always kind of exist in chat, but you wouldn't be able to download it or screen record it. I love it. I hope all everyone listening goes and fucking makes your coin on Sunroom. I'm oh, going to diversify my content and I will not just have feet. I have great feet though. Like just to say, and I get really cool pedicures. It's one of my, I get like mm. the most insane multi-dimensional glitter. Anyway, doesn't matter. Whatever. Just saying anyone out there into feet. I'll help you. Okay. I'll, I'll help you. Tell me when you're ready to go. And also anyone listening, like we're a very hands-on team. So always here to help. And we run workshops and like tutorials all the time. Well, that's what I love about even in your Instagram content, you always show like all the different things that you do to help creators. Because I will say it, I've been like in the creator funnel of Meta and even before TikTok when it was live me and I had a show there. I've done all the goddamn shit and it's fine, but it it, it makes such a difference when the people who actually work at the platform are helping you to succeed mm -hmm. because one, it's a wheel. It's a it helps everyone. But there are things you just don't intrinsically know because you didn't build the tech and you don't know. The yeah, way. you know what I mean. So I think it really helps. One hundred percent. Oh my god, I love that we finally did this. I know. Yay! Thank you so much for having me. Listen, I need a new kitchen. I spilled wine all over my brand new velvet chairs this weekend, and I'm panicked because I feel like I need to recover them because I put wine away on them and they bleached the velvet and I'm having a fucking meltdown and it's gonna cost me a shit ton of money to recover them. I would like some additional <laughs> income. After this interview, I am seriously considering Michelle's offer to go back on Sunroom and potentially take some pictures, though I do really love this idea of you know buying entrepreneurs coffee. I think having that direct line to people in your industry for advice is, fabulous and people should you should buy somebody a coffee one it's polite but two i think you know it is really hard to monetize content you i'm sure it can get almost like mind-numbing how much content creators complain about it but it is true it's a ton of work obviously it's passion you know you have to have it listen it is 12 15 on a sunday and i am recording this right now I have been up since seven o'clock in the morning trying to edit videos, edit clips, get ahead of schedule with the podcast, but it's hard, you know? And it's also really hard in a climate where like, you know, different industries from automotive to entertainment are going on strike. It's hard, it's hard out here. So I do love this opportunity that Michelle is providing content creators to have more ownership of their content and monetize in different ways check it out. Definitely think it's really interesting. And also at the end of the day, I just love talking to female entrepreneurs, especially in tech and in the internet. 